It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. My other host of the Locked On Bengals podcast, James Rapine, is busy moving. So today we sit down with Bengals Sands. His name is Mike, and I'm going to take this opportunity to introduce him as a contributor to the Locked On Bengals podcast. Bengals Sands, a.k.a. Mike, will be a regular appearance on our show, and we're going to focus on some film stuff with him. And today, after our previous episode with Mike, which aired on Wednesday last week, that was July, what was it, July 7th? Go check that out if you haven't seen it or listened to it, I guess would be the more appropriate way to talk about our show. Today, we're going to do Joe Mixon. Before we get to Joe Mixon, Let's talk about ESPN's executive poll that puts Jesse Bates as the 10th best safety in the NFL behind guys like Kevin Bayard and Jamal Adams, Buda Baker. I mean, we were just talking about this guy as one of the best safeties in the league. What gives? What, what are NFL executives seeing? Maybe it's just the quotes that they got that, hey, he plays in Cincinnati, and if he played somewhere else, we'd be higher on him. Yeah, Um so the interesting thing with safeties is always their roles are completely different. Like if you watch Jamal Adams on film and compare him to Jesse Bates, they're not even playing the same position. Uh, the only thing that's similar is sometimes they're both in the box. And once in a while you'll get Jamal Adams in deep coverage and they both play some man. Anything to do with coverage, Jesse Bates is better. But Jamal Adams is really elite as a safety for rushing the passer, stopping the run and those things. But to me, that stuff is the stuff that's, that's the cherry on top. You need to be able to cover as a safety to me. Buda Baker is also more of a box safety too. I think he's a little bit better than Jamal in coverage, but he's also not as prolific rushing the passer. So really, it's always interesting to say who's the 10 best safeties, and then you have to compare strong safeties, quote-unquote, or box safeties or whatever you call them, to free safeties, post safeties like Jesse Bates. And, I mean... Bayard, Bayard to me indicates that these guys haven't, they're not watching all 32 teams every year because that's, that opinion came from somebody who watched him in 2019 and hasn't really checked 2020, but just like, yeah, he's, he's probably still good, right? Yeah. You you definitely get some of that when you look at these lists. There's some reputation happening. There's some lagging opinions. They haven't yet caught up with the times and that's okay. They'll know soon enough. Well, it's not okay, but they'll know soon enough either way. But today we're going to spend our time talking about a running back. And similar to our conversation last week, where this conversation probably starts is with the value of the position. I think that modern analytics, and when I say modern analytics, I think of things like 
Pro Football Focus's wins above replacement that they've tried to develop for football players and that metric trying to evaluate how important the different positions are and different players are in terms of impacting a team's chances to win games would put free safety well ahead of running back. And last time we talked, we questioned, well, really, how valuable can a free safety be to a defense? Because there are some limitations there. And I would say that those limitations apply at a larger magnitude to the running back position. A lot of evidence suggests that your running back, the the production you're going to get out of that player is much more determined by how good your offensive line is, how good your overall offense is than how talented that individual running back is. Joe Mixon, you've just made a case for on allbengals.com is the and I might have your exact phrasing wrong, but the the most potent or the most important weapon on the Bengals offense, despite the fact that he plays running back. So Mike, tell me a little bit about what it is that makes, in your opinion, running back still somebody who, who can be the most important offensive skill player on a team. Yeah. Um, I really went with none of those. I just said best because I do understand that there's a value question with running back and it comes down a lot to their offensive line and, their offensive coordinator, their head coach, whoever's scheming plays, designing those. <clears throat> so really, I don't know if he'll be the most important. I just think he's the best and most talented, even though we have three wide receivers that are all awesome. If you want to have the discussion specifically about running back importance, it would, to me, for Mixon to have value near a wide receiver – which is already tough to – there's not very many uh, analytics or anything like that that supports it, but he's got to be on the field all three downs. He has to pass protect well. He has to run routes out of the backfield well, and he has to add uh, He has to add more yards running the ball than like a replacement player would, like how they have value over replacement player metrics in basketball and uh, baseball you would need to have him a baseline running back gains four yards here and the way he sets up his blocks and makes people miss and gains yards after contact, he's gaining eight on that play or something like that. I think football outsiders maybe does a better job at this than some of the others that try to articulate it. They, they have their offensive line yards metric that they track, you know, how many yards is the offensive line creating PFF also does, you know, yards before contact yards after contact. I think those tell you something. They help to paint the picture of the environment that running back is playing in. And you're right. You, you didn't say, so I apologize. You did not say that Joe Mixon would be the most important or most valuable offensive skill player, but you did say best offensive weapon. And so I guess here you're just talking about his quality relative to his peers, like how he stacks up against other running backs versus how the wide receivers and tight ends stack up against their peers at their position. Yeah, that's basically all I'm saying is when you look at them as a strict talent on film, which one is the most talented or the best or something along that line? Not most important because Jamar Chase catching an 80-yard touchdown, even if it's a busted coverage, is more important than Joe Mixon gaining even, I don't know, like seven yards per carry over 
Well, that might be high, but seven yards per carry over the course of a game. If Jamar Chase catches two 80-yard touchdowns, that's more important because he got two touchdowns and 160 yards. And, of course, it's more complicated than that because maybe those touchdowns were set up on play action that is because the defense is selling out to deal with Joe Mixon and the safety bites on the play action. It's not just the linebackers on this particular case. It's actually a safety because Joe Mixon's averaging seven damn yards per carry, and now we need to do something about that, and we're really selling out. So it's obviously a little bit more complicated than any one play, any one stat, but I just wanted to have that conversation at the start. So we're on the same page, it sounds like, where we both recognize that, yes, running backs can be valuable, but do you buy that they're largely a product of their surroundings, or how much... I guess how much percentage, if you had to say Joe Mixon is responsible for 50% of his, his production, would it be 50%? Would it be more? Would it be less? How much of it would you say is the running back himself? It's a symbiotic relationship that definitely varies even game to game. But on, if I had to give just a general percentage, I would say probably 50% because when you see your offensive lineman make a great block or something like maybe he, uh, He's set up by Joe Mixon taking a hesitation step outside and that gets the defender to bite and now he can drive him that way and blast open a hole. So there's more to it than just find the open hole and run through it. So I do think it's about 50-50 and that's going to change game to game. I mean, if our offensive line's just dominating off the ball, that's a little less. If uh, they're getting beat, but he made somebody miss in the hole and then he set up a block downfield and He's been doing that all game. It's more Mixon's way. Every single piece, every single stat that we talk about is always more complicated than the stat. You, you obviously can't boil it down to, oh, yeah, Mixon, you know, he made 60% of his own yards this game. I mean, unless you're really painstakingly trying to cut up film to attribute which yard came from which player's credit, which I don't, just, I don't think anybody does that. I don't think anybody should do that. Anyway, let's talk a little bit more about the Bengals running game, Joe Mixon, get into some of the specifics coming up next. One of my favorite things about Bill Bar is how they keep it fresh. They rotate flavors, currently cookies and cream back on the menu, as is cherry barcia and the strawberry flavor. That's in addition to, I still see the grasshopper cookie bar, built bar on the website. That's their current limited time built bar option i also see right now on the website they're giving you a free travel cooler for your built bar keep it from melting if you take it on a hike it's a lot of good stuff going on at built.com right now and when you go over there to check out their selection and buy yourself some built bars make sure you use that promo code locked 15 to save 15 percent off again that's promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at builtbar.com is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Mike, let's dive into Joe Mixon as an individual player. You mentioned some of the things he needs to do to be an exceptional running back in the NFL, and he has to 
be on the field for three downs. You mentioned that he obviously has to be a productive player with the ball in his hands. He needs to be an, a, a productive player as a receiver, but the most important, maybe not most important, but the, the X factor that glues it all together is how well he performs as a blocker. We've seen him absolutely level guys in pass protection before. We know he has the strength. We know he has the size to be an adequate pass blocker or even a plus pass blocker as a running back. But for whatever reason, since he came into the league as a rookie with the Bengals, the Bengals have never really trusted him to be on the field in third down situations. Part of that is you have a really good pass blocker in Giovanni Bernard on the team for all of those years who has always been one of the better pass blocking backs in the NFL, especially when it comes to knowing his job, knowing what he is supposed to do. Meanwhile, sometimes you see Mixon make those highlight plays as a pass blocker, but some of the time you also see him release when it doesn't look like he should release immediately. It looks like there should at least be a check and release. And, and it just doesn't look like he's necessarily aware of what's going on around him. And that could be wrong because we don't know what the play call actually is. It could just look like it should be a check and release and they have him set to do a free release and he just does his job. That could certainly be the case. But when you talk about his skill set, pass blocking is, is something where I, I think that the coaching staff hasn't trusted him before, but the way Callahan is talking about him this year, sounds like he's going to be on the field for three downs. What did you see? And I know this isn't the most exciting part of running back play, but I think it is the glue. So what did you see when, when you saw Joe Mixon, when you're evaluating his pass blocking and what the limitations and strengths are in that part of his game? Hey, you know, it might not be the most exciting part to some people, but I mean, when I got, when I watched Gio cut block Miles Garrett one-on-one and take him out, I guess be pretty excited. <laughs> but uh, what I saw, I think every year he's improved in terms of knowing who to pick up and that, and like you said, he's physical. You, you could think of, 2019 that play against the Steelers was play action. Uh, I think it was Mike Hilton came on a blitz and he just destroys him. Or there's uh there's another play against, uh, I think it was the Ravens where he picks up a linebacker and he just mean mugs him right at the line of scrimmage. And he can, he can do these things. The problem is a different play against the Ravens because they have Wink Martindale, who for my money is the best pressure design defensive coordinator in the league. And it sucks. We play him twice a year, but, uh, he comes up and there's like eight guys on the line of scrimmage, four of them drop off, and maybe Mixon's read is. So I think on this play I'm talking about, he has a read, and it's definitely the middle linebacker who drops. But I think he should also be aware of anything coming through the B gap. And there's a cornerback that comes from outside of the defensive end who's outside of the tackle and loops inside, and he doesn't catch it. And that's something where you think Geo as he checks to see the linebacker, he's going to glance over, see that, and he'll maneuver over there and make sure he gets at least a hand on him to give Burrow or whoever back there a little bit more time. And the plays that Mike is talking about here, just in case you're wondering, are referenced for the most part in his piece over at allbengals.com. I'm currently looking at it on my other screen over here as we record, and you're right. Joe Mixon is glued to the A-gap. He checks the A-gap. The guys that could pressure the A-gap drop out and and then he doesn't get his eyes over to the B-gap. It's like he doesn't have that 
check. Maybe it's not built in. Maybe, you know, that's, that's truly not his responsibility on that play, but I think I agree with you. I think a, a more experienced back, a, a more uh, accurate pass blocker would, would maybe see that, have that awareness. Yeah. And uh, that's just something to me that for most running backs like Mixon comes with time. Ezekiel Elliott's the only one I could think of who was an elite running back in high school and college and everything. And he just came into the league as an elite pass blocking running back. Because for most of these guys, you're the high school head coach. You probably aren't having him pass block most of the time because you're just getting him the ball. <laughs> it's like Derrick Henry uh, th- running for 4,000 yards in a year. He probably pass blocked once that whole year. And he's he's still not that great at it despite his size. It's kind of like Mixon. He also has the same issue of he doesn't see it as well as he should or as a running back like Geo, who maybe he was a great all-around All-American in high school, but then when he gets to college, he can see like, okay, my route to success isn't going to be from running the ball 300 times a year in the NFL. If I want to make a team, I got a pass block so that I can be on the field for pass for uh, receptions and running routes as well. Yeah, it's kind of weird because he's undersized, but he's just always had that awareness and the good technique. And undersized maybe isn't quite fair, but compared to Mixon, who's 6'1", 220, Geo obviously a much smaller player. So the big thing for Mixon to keep him on the field on third downs. And I think to unlock his potential in the passing game is can he be more consistent as a pass blocker? Because that gives him the flexibility, gives coaches the flexibility to keep him on the field. And you can keep him in if you need to, or you can release him if you, if you want to, and then you can use him as that weapon in the passing game. So let's go passing game next. We're going to spend a whole episode about running backs and we're going to talk about running the ball last, but let's talk about the passing game involvement for Joe Mixon next. You highlight some choice routes from Mixon in the piece at allbengals.com. You think that the Bengals should continue to use him in this capacity. Seems like he's, would it, would I be reading your assessment correctly if I said he was pretty good at making those reads and ran those routes pretty well? I think he's more than pretty good. I think he's great at making that, at doing that route. I mean, and the great thing about a choice route is that you can tag that on most passing plays, drop and, back passing plays. And and can you just to do the remedial knowledge thing? Uh, sometimes we use terminology that people aren't always familiar with. So what is a choice route? Let's start there. There's a picture on my uh article just because I knew that if I just said choice route, it'd be like, what's a choice route? Because it's not general knowledge um generally for this choice right i'm talking about you're going to release outside of the tackle and then usually foot fire chop your feet just make your feet go fast and you're going to decide left right or sit and it's going to be based off of what the defense is doing so you're never wrong if you're right if the defender is to your left you cut to your right defenders to your right you cut to your left if they're dropping back in zone you sit and really it's the it's it can be one of the main reads of a play, but a lot of times it's a check down and it's just really, it's a better way to run a check down to me. And sometimes you want to run swings and flats just because you have most of your read in the middle of the field. Maybe it's a post dig or a mesh or something like that. And you want to just swing him out there because you want to take a linebacker out of the middle of the field. But as a check down, I think that's nicer because you get a lot of separation when you run it right. And Mixon does run it really well. And what makes it something that he does so well? What does he do 
Does he does he sell the the fake well? Is he just getting out of the break well? Is he making the read well? Because I agree with you. I think that he does generally get that good separation on those routes. You have a few really great examples of it in that piece on allbengals.com. And it's something that I feel like that elusiveness or, or change of direction skill doesn't show up as much when he's evading open field tacklers, but does show up when he's running routes. It's interesting because I thought the same thing, but it's really, he's really quick with his change of direction after the foot fire. And I think there's a play in there against Vince Williams where Vince Williams does a pretty good job of not overplaying anything. He's clearly in man coverage against him. So he's not going to sit. So he has to break left or right. He foot fires and then it's just quick change of direction. He can't keep up, which is a problem with linebackers against a running back who can change direction and burst. I think it's a lot of the acceleration too. He's a really good accelerator. So once he gets out of the break, he's building up ahead of steam. And I think he also does a good job of hand catching. He's not a running back that catches it off his body or drops too many passes. I I think I charted, I watched every target of the past three years, and I think I charted four or five. It's been a little bit, so I'm not 100% positive anymore, but it was a low number. I think I mentioned it in there, but does a good job of catching the ball afterwards as well through contact and when he's open and able to run afterwards. Yeah, I think you point out one of his great strengths there, which is that acceleration. And one of the things that I think Joe Mixon does the best is he makes defenders' angles wrong. Looks like a good angle. Didn't turn out that way. And I think that shows up a little bit more in the running game. So let's take a deeper dive into the running game aspects of Joe Mixon's game to wrap up today's episode. A lot of people listen to the Locked On Bengals podcast, and I'm sure you all drive a bunch of different vehicles. The good news for you is no matter what you drive, if you've got a computer, you've got a phone, you have access to rockauto.com, you can get any part you need for your car or truck. You can save money and save time by doing your auto part shopping at Rock Auto. So don't go to the chain store, spend 30, 50, 100% more for the same parts. You can do it from the comfort of your own home or wherever you are with their very easy-to-use, convenient, and expansive inventory on their website. Go check it out right now, rockauto.com. They've got everything you can need from brake parts to tail lamps and motor oil to fuel pumps if you really need it. If you're going the extra mile on doing your own maintenance, again, that's rockauto.com. See all the parts available for your vehicle, right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Mike, let's wrap up by talking about Joe Mixon, the running back, doing what running backs do, which is run the football. We've made it 20 minutes without talking about the actual running game on an episode dedicated to a running back. We also haven't talked a ton about Joe Mixon's individual traits, his talents as a running back. So 
Maybe we can start there before we get into some of the film work you did looking at the experience in the inside zone and you went back and found what he looked like in Frank Pollock's outside zone system a couple of years ago when Pollock was in Cincinnati. That I think will be the projection we're looking at when we're talking about him this year as a runner. But from a traits perspective, let's see how much you agree with me. I see Joe Mixon as a player with plus vision. Plus vision as a running back. I think really good contact balance, but in a way that isn't as consistent as I want it to be. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. I think elite acceleration and burst, but maybe average long speed doesn't have that great long speed, the breakaway speed. And when I talk about the contact balance, I think that it shows up in in confined quarters better than it shows up in the open field. Like there are times when he will challenge a defensive back head on and it won't be a stiff arm. It'll be, I'm trying to truck stick you and he'll end up getting tangled and he'll, he'll definitely run the guy over, but in the process he'll go down. And in, in those instances, I would like to see him use that change of direction, that wiggle a little bit more. I think he has a physical ability to do it and doesn't incorporate it in his game very much. But that is my quick physical traits scouting report of Joe Mixon. Where do you agree and where do you disagree? I think one thing we disagree on is you just said plus vision. And I think his vision's exceptional. I That's think what he I has... mean when I say plus. Okay, so so terminology, <laughs> I think. Sorry, I, I was thinking you just meant like above average. Yeah, that, that is how that sounds. You're right. That's fair. I, I, I misspoke, I guess. I used the wrong word. Well, then we agree a lot for the most part. I think I think what you said about um, him running guys over and getting tangled happens. Uh, he just runs a guy over and the guy just trips him up with like a from the grave hand or something swipe at his feet. But then when he has to avoid guys in the hole or something like that, he's exceptional at it or he gets hit on his foot and he just bounces right back up and he's fine. He's still running. Uh, he's really strong. I mean, size and everything, the truck stick or, you know, anything you want to use for that, lowering his shoulder, bringing the fight to the defender. I mean, he's really good at that. And obviously with his size that it's, it's a huge advantage and it's cool to watch <laughs> just in terms of like running backs that are cool to watch. He's, he's definitely cool to watch. Uh, but acceleration and then also his deceleration and his jump cut, things like that that uh really important in zone systems inside zone and wide zone so those jump out to me i definitely agree on the average long speed because i've seen him caught from behind by quick like fast defenders before like more than once it's a fairly prevalent thing i think his longest run of his career is something like 70 yards he's never busted anything off like 80 yards and nobody can catch him and they're all not even on the tv screen anymore for the most part yeah, agree. Uh, with this assessment, I think I think the way he sets up blocks, and there's a deeper discussion about what is vision. Is it just seeing the hole? Is it how you set up blocks because you know the hole's there and you want to make it a bigger hole or you want to help your offensive lineman out? Is it What I think of it is everything pre-cut or pre-going to the hole. So that's multiple traits to me is can you set up your blocks? Can you see the hole? Can you make the right decision? Can you jump cut? Things like that. Yeah, that's what 
when Joe and I used to do the show and talk about running backs back when running back thirst was a thing. And Joe, if you're listening, I know you, you and I both were big fans of that Giovanni Bernard pick when it happened, uh, that it was, it was divided into pre line of scrimmage traits and, and post line of scrimmage traits and setting up your blocks and using the jump cuts, the hesitation moves, the patience, the acceleration, the deceleration, a lot of that shows up and, and, and even his ability to make guys miss in the hole. That's stuff that I would call pre line of scrimmage. And then I think that the post line of scrimmage part of his game is the, the one major asset is like I said, and we, we agree on, I guess is the acceleration where he makes those initial angles bad and he will beat you to the point. If you're trying to come downhill on him a lot of the time. And, and then the long speed is just the, the big thing that's not there. Like he'll beat you to the point if you're coming downhill, but if you're trying to track him down and you're trying to chase him from the weak side of the play and trying to catch him on the other side of the field on the sideline, you have a pretty good chance of doing it if you have good speed as a defender. And like you said, we have seen that from time to time. But given that he's spent most of, if not all of his professional career in some zone running system or another, we we saw him in the last few years with Jim Turner, a lot of inside zone, despite what we thought we would get from Zach Taylor. And we saw him with uh, Frank Pollock, who's now back with the Bengals in the outside zone scheme. These traits are a good fit for consistent success if you have adequate blocking in these schemes, wouldn't you say? Yeah, and I think with Joe, the thing is that you can have below average blocking look average because he'll set it up better than your average running back will. He'll do the hesitation jab step outside before he jump cuts and runs inside or the other way around. And he has the vision to on wide zone to cut it back to, I don't know, the backside C gap. Sometimes that's happened on toss plays, things like that with him. So he's going to make your offensive line look better than they really are. So an average offensive line is going to look above average, uh, below average is going to look average and a bad one should look just below average, but I think he uh, stopped trusting them as much this past year and he wanted to cut back or I think of a few specific examples. There's a play. It's a trap play. Mike Jordan's trapping a three technique and Mike Jordan blows this guy up. It's a pancake. Mike Jordan had some he had some good plays for us, mostly run blocking, but uh, he blows the guy up. It's a pancake, but Joe is peeking backside because he doesn't really trust that Mike Jordan's going to make that block. He thinks, okay. He's going to miss, where do I go from here? And you're never supposed to look backside on a pooling play because you don't have the numbers that way. They pooled from there to here so that you can, so you have an easier time running. And and that just is going to happen sometimes, right? Despite how great his vision is, is sometimes running backs, even the best of them, will misread a particular play. Or as you say, it could just be, you know, this has never been executed before. Why would I trust that it'll be executed this time? And I just don't trust it. And I remember you and I talked about this play months ago when we were talking about Joe Mixon at some point in, in passing. And I see that it is in the all Bengals piece as again, most of the plays we're talking about as examples are. So if you need the visual, I would recommend, and I guess I should have said this at the beginning of the episode and I'll say it next time, open the all Bengals piece as a, as a listening companion, if you're in a place you can do that while you listen to us talk about these guys, but let's talk about the wide zone specifically. Are you bullish on Joe Mixon having a bit of a resurgence with the return or, or 
I think, returned emphasis we'll see on the wide zone with Frank Pollock this year? Yeah, because I think Frank Pollock is he's a better offensive line coach than Jim Turner, which we've stated to death this offseason. It's a big talking point. But the main thing is that, to me, I think wide zone is a run play, and you can see it across the NFL. I think it's like you're majoring in wide zone, and a lot of the best running backs in the league are doing that. Dalvin Cook, their offense majors in wide zone. Derrick Henry, their offense majors in wide zone. Todd Curley in 2018, their offense majored in wide zone. So these, the best running backs you could think of are the they're running wide zone. They're not running inside zone for their primary play. I mean, the guy that was running inside zone his primary play. The first one I think of is Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and he had a slightly disappointing rookie season for being a first round pick. So. I think the wide zone can promote the can uplift the running back the same way that um, the offensive line coach is going to uplift the offensive line. So moving to what I think is a better system than the inside zone shotgun system for running backs, he should see an increase just from that. And I think he's really good at running the wide zone. You could see that in 2018 when we were majoring in it. And I think Zach, he's, I mean, he was with the Rams for. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean McVay's time there. So he's has experience calling plays off of a wide zone system. It's going to be different. And I think it's, we're not, I don't think we're going full Rams and no. everything we do is based off of the wide zone. I think we're going to have a ton of shotgun and empty still, because that's what Burrow liked at LSU, but adding this in as one of our, as probably our main run play, I think it'll benefit Mixon a lot because running from under center just for running backs is, better for them than running from shotgun. You know, you would think that. I don't know if Joe Mixon's individual splits bear that out. I don't know if that's a Joe Mixon thing or if that's a play design thing. But I, I recall, and maybe you, maybe you noticed some trends here because you've watched more recently than I have. But I recall at least a couple of years ago, Joe Mixon's production was actually significantly better if I recall correctly, out of the gun at one point of his, in his career than it was when the Bengals ran from under center. Honestly, I didn't uh, notice that when I watched, but uh, I could believe it because the one thing that you get the advantage of with being in shotgun is that defenses are usually more spread out and you have lighter boxes, things like that, because under center, I think Bill Belichick said it where when you're in the shotgun, you could really only there's plays same side duo counter that you can run back to the same side, but you can't run. It's not as variable like under center. You could run trap right or left, but under but from the shotgun, you can only run it. Uh, you can run trap both ways. So that was a bad example. <laughs> but inside zone, you can only run it to the right if your running backs on your left from under center. You can run it either way. Same with wide zone and we don't really like wide zone from uh, from shotgun, even though it is possible. From uh, Brian being on this podcast, I believe said that. So, it's something where if I th- I think Mixon's going to be better in a wide zone system, and we're not going to run it from shotgun. So I think going forward, I would expect him to be better from under center. But there is an interesting point that I'll definitely look for going forward. Of is the difference of getting the advantage of a light box and the defense thinking pass in shotgun better than the advantage of uh, mystique or variability with your running back from under center. 
I think uh, you can go back. You can find this piece. I Googled it while you were talking just there. The, the research that Joe Goodberry did. And, and I, he, he referenced a tweet that I put that I, that I had done at the time, looking at a next gen stack, comparing Le'Veon Bell and Joe Mixon, who we've discussed uh, off the podcast that they, they are obviously very similar runners from a stylistic perspective. And this is in October, 2017, a comparison of Le'Veon Bell's shotgun under center splits and Joe Mixon's shotgun under center splits the the sample size for Mixon was a little bit lower, but at the time in 2017, one of the things that I found to be quite interesting was Next Gen Stats was tracking time behind the line of scrimmage for running backs, and Le'Veon Bell for high volume rushers was spending more time behind the line of scrimmage on running plays than anyone else in the league, and Joe Mixon was essentially a carbon copy in terms of time spent behind the line of scrimmage, which is pretty interesting and, and perhaps feeds into the shotgun under center split. So I know the game has changed a lot in four years in terms of rules, in terms of running games, in terms of offense, defense, pendulum and chess match, but something interesting to look back on maybe and see how that trend has continued or discontinued in recent years. Mike, that's all the time we have for Joe Mixon. Any closing thoughts, anything we missed that you think we we really should hit on before we get out of here? Yeah, I don't know. We spent a long time talking about him. I think uh, I think he's a re- very good running back. We'll have to see this year just how good he can be. I would expect a really good performance from him this year, especially I think he will be the three-down running back. I think we're finally giving him the key to being on the field on third down and two-minute drills. My favorite thing about Joe Mixon is that he's not even 25 years old yet. He's on his second contract. He turns 25 on July 24th. So he's certainly got youth on his side and has plenty of time to continue to show that he earned that second contract, that the Bengals did not, in fact, make a mistake by paying the running back. And we'll find out this year after a relatively disappointing year in the first part of that extension where some money from that extension showed up in 2020 if he can bounce back and be the franchise running back the Bengals are paying him to be Mike thanks for joining me again this time we talked Joe Mixon next time it's looking like it's going to be a big man your most recent piece on allbengals.com about DJ Reader who was a very exciting free agent signing last year Make sure you're following Mike on Twitter at Bengals underscore Sands he will be a fixture on this show going forward and we're going to do stuff like this we're going to do film review and we have in-season game tape to look at and we'll take the deep dives until next time when james rapine has moved into his new home thanks for listening who day and have a good one hey prime members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on amazon music download the amazon music app today Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.